Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Irrepressible. I am Erica Ashley. I have such a fun episode for you this week. I have Manifa Nazarian on the podcast. Manifa is a private chef and a nutritionist. And we covered so many different topics from how she got into food, her approach to cooking, what it's like working with private clients who some are celebrities, her experience with that, her approach to overall nutrition, what appliances you need in the kitchen, what is unnecessary, how she approaches grocery shopping, how she approaches meal prepping. If you are new to cooking or struggle with cooking or just never know where to start, this episode has so many good points and tips and tools in it for you to implement. She makes cooking so easy. I love a simple approach to cooking. It's not something I super, super enjoy doing. I don't mind it, but it's not my favorite thing. And she makes it very uncomplicated. It's very simple. I think many of us get overwhelmed when you open a cookbook and there's 9,000 ingredients and the steps are like 25 steps long. I see that and I'm like overwhelmed. I have an approach where I just like kind of dump things together. Um, Her approach is very similar to mine, but much more like technical. So I'm really excited for you to hear. I'm really excited for you to take things away. She shares recipes. She shares how you should build a smoothie. Like there's so much info in this episode and I can't wait for you to hear it. So with that, here is Manifa. I want to start with your childhood. Were you always interested in cooking, food? Where did you get involved with like nutrition and health? And where did that interest really come from? Well, yes, I've always been interested in food because I'm Armenian and I grew up in a very busy house with lots of aunts and uncles and cousins and just like just like a lot of a lot of big cultures all we do is eat and feed people and eat and make babies and eat (laughs) and feed everyone so I um that's really where the love of food started um and then the nutrition aspect kind of started I, I would say like more recently Um, because I'm getting older and I'm just seeing that things aren't working the way they used to. And it's, it's really all our food and what we put into our bodies. Um, so yeah, I would say kind of in the last four or five years interested in the nutritional aspect. Mm -hmm. So did you go to culinary school? I did go to culinary school. I went to Le Cordon Bleu. Um, so I got, um, a formerly French training. And then I, um, I went to nutrition school as well, and I'm actually studying for my board exams for nutrition. So that's pretty hectic, but yeah, so I've been trained and, um, I've been working in the field for about 16 years. I've done restaurants, private chefing, culinary producing, catering, food styling. I mean, everything. And now I'm really just concentrating on my private clients and kind of helping them through nutrition. Mm -hmm. What 
was your experience like in the production side? I'm really curious to hear about that. That was very intense. Um, production hours are grueling. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, you can imagine um, the hours are just so long and they don't care about your feelings or the fact that you've been awake for 20 hours. Um, it's hard, hard, hard work, hard hours, but it's very fun. Um, and it's exciting because you get to meet lots of people, you get to travel with it. So that's, that's really cool. But you know, when you get older, you're just like, oh, my body can't do this anymore. And I kind of want to stay put and I want to see my family. So, you know, you reach a point where you just, you say, I got to pass. So what does it like look like when you're producing for food? Like what exactly was your job? So I'm in charge of everything. Um, I work in the back of the house, so I'm not on camera. Mm -hmm. So I prep everything from, um, I buy all the food, I style all the food. I probably cook all the food that you see that's brought out um, when they say, when the chef puts it in the oven and the uh, magic TV, and then <laughs> it comes out like the giant turkey comes out all golden, beautiful. Well, yeah, that's the producer that did that. <laughs> it wasn't the chef on camera that did that. So, um, and I, you know, our job is to really just make the, make the host look good. Mm. Whoever the host is. How much of cooking like that when you see photos or the final product on the end of a show is just fake. Like when you cook in real life, does your turkey look like that? Um, you mean like at my house? If yeah. I cook, like, well, you know, it's gotta, it's gotta look good um, on camera just because you're selling it. Right. So you want people to kind of like say, Ooh, and ah, that's so, wow, that's, that's spectacular. That looks so gorgeous. Um, at home, believe it or not, um, I don't cook all that much. Um, it's funny. I joke with my husband, if I don't get paid, I'm not cooking. <laughs> Cause I cook, um, I cook every day for my clients. So when it comes down to me and our life, our real life life, um, I don't really cook much. We eat, we eat lots of salads and soups and we order a lot. So it's, mm, it's not, it's not all that glamorous inside my kitchen. Although I love to entertain and mm. that's when I kind of splurge on the cooking and everything is from scratch. I try my best to make it look as beautiful as possible. So what's your approach to nutrition then? I'm really curious to hear, hear that. My approach to nutrition is pretty much whole foods, eating for health, eating the rainbow kind of idea. And what I mean by eating for health and whole foods is eating, eating all of the colors that we can possibly get our hands on because our bodies are really complex and they need lots of different nutrients and vitamins and minerals to properly function. So we need to eat all of the things that nature has to offer. Um, in order for us to receive all those vitamins and minerals. So eating, like making a plate that has three or four or five or six different colors of food is probably a good indication of me receiving all of the nutrients that 
are intended for my body. Mm -hmm. In the rainbow, it's really, I mean, it's really easy to kind of think about. Um, And when you go to the grocery store, you see all these different colors and shapes and sizes. So, you know, I encourage clients to just buy something new and different so that they can um, bring it home and kind of research what that is and make it and, and receive new benefits from, from whatever they just bought. How do you feel about like trendy diets, like keto or vegan or a raw diet? Like, where do you, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, I don't like them. I don't like them just because our bodies need a variety of nutrients. Um, Our bodies need all of them, not just some of them. Um, Now, there are certain cases where um, it's necessary for people to follow certain diets um, where they have they have um, conditions and they have um, sensitivities and allergies and intolerances. So to that, I say, okay, that's fine. You know, let's work around it. But as far as somebody just waking up one day and saying, oh, I want to, I just feel like going on the raw diet and, or I want to go on a keto diet and I want to go on the Atkins diet, you know, as far as somebody just waking up and saying that, I just don't, I don't like it because there's so much restriction and with the restrictions, you're not receiving all of the nutrients that your body needs and requires for optimal functioning. Mm -hmm. So big, short answer. I don't like it, Mm -hmm. but there are certain cases where, okay, yes, it's acceptable. I would agree with that from personal experience. I went vegan and my body did not like it. I did not feel good. And it was, it was also really interesting because it became, for me, I did it more because of like the animal cruelty side. Like I just like love animals. And I was like, I don't, maybe this isn't the right thing to be doing. I don't know. And so I was vegan for a while, but when I would go to dinner with friends for a birthday and like French fries were the only thing on the menu that I could eat, it was, it became like a battle in my head of like, what's right or wrong. Do I just eat the French fries because it's vegan or like, do I eat something? And that started to like take a toll on me. But then, um, I also just started to feel very lethargic, tired all the time. And so I slowly started incorporating meat back into my diet and I feel like a new person. You feel better. Yeah. I mean, not to mention, not to mention the fact that you're not receiving essential vitamins, but you're not receiving any vitamins <laughs> if, if you're not properly prepared for it. Yeah. If you have all the time in the world and you have some knowledge, it's, it's, it's doable because we can supplement certain vitamins and minerals that you don't get from a plant-based diet into your diet through supplementation. Mm -hmm. Um, But chances are, I mean, we live really busy lives and it's really hard to prep for five days a week meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and receiving all of the nutrients that we need. It's really hard to do that. Um, it's not realistic. Yeah. And I 
even thought I was doing everything like by the book. Like I'd have like beans or legumes with rice and the vegetables and taking the B12. And like, I thought I was fine, but yeah. It's just not enough. Yeah. It's not enough. Yeah. So what do you, like, if you're working with a client one-on-one and maybe they're like, well, actually just what is the structure of that? Cause maybe that'll answer the question. What does it look like when you look, when you work with somebody one-on-one? Well, I'll prop, uh, first I'll, I'll send them a few questionnaires. I'll kind of see what their current diet is, where their um, deficiencies are, how they're feeling, um, their style of eating, their knowledge of food and preparation, just kind of assessing where, where they're at and kind of figuring out some of their favorite food items, um, favorite flavors, flavor, favorite cuisines, so that I can integrate something that they like, not just, for example, um, steamed yams and chicken breast and broccoli. It's, I mean, we all know that that stuff is good for us, but I like to make sure that the client gets a little bit of what they like in addition to it being healthy for them. So I'll kind of assess where they're at and then I'll, and then I'll bring all the information back home and I'll like put it in my, you know, in my uh, calculations and I'll kind of come up with, depending on what they want, like, let's say they want to lose weight or they want to keep their weight or if they want to grow muscle or whatever it is, or if they want um, to go on an elimination diet, if they have allergies, wherever they stand, I'll build a meal plan based on all of that. And I'll kind of take a look at some lifestyle changes, some lifestyle aspects of them too, because a lot of, a lot of nutrition is our lifestyle, right? So how much we're sleeping, how much water we're taking in, how stressed out we are, believe it or not, stress is one of the biggest components for nutrition and whole body health mm-hmm. um, because it just affects our entire body, our entire system. So um, I'll kind of come up with a meal plan for them. And a lot of this is really personal and um, it's almost like therapy because food is so personal. You kind of talk to somebody about their, their food habits and lots of people eat because of their feelings right so depending on if you're happy or sad or angry or lonely you eat according to those feelings so a lot of what i do is really just listening to the client and making sure that they feel heard and seen and supplying them with love and attention and sprinkling in some nutrient information for them. You know, it's, it's, it's really personal. Yeah. What, if somebody has a really stressful lifestyle and they're, they're like, I'm a 10 out of 10, what do you tell them about managing stress? How do you work around that? Well, I'll probably start with, um, some breathing techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll kind of ask them if they're willing to do First of all, if you're at a, if you're a 10 out of 10, you're, you are very stressed out and we need to do some changes as soon as possible. So at that point, that person is at a level where they want to change. So I'll start 
with breathing techniques. So a couple of deep breaths when you wake up, um, like 10 deep inhales and exhales to calm the parasympathetic nerve system. And then we'll do the same thing in the evening right before bed. So just very, very basic, like dipping our toe in the water relaxation technique. And then I'll kind of go into the meditation aspect of things. And we'll, we'll probably go into mindful eating. Um, and depending on how physical they want to get, we'll talk about exercise, um, whether it's walking or doing yoga, just putting time outside for their body and mind. That's what, that's what I would kind of start with. Mm -hmm. Are there like certain foods that help with stress? Like I've always heard like bananas can help you sleep at night or like tart cherry juice is supposed to help you sleep. Do you follow any of that? Um, I, I think it's, I think it's, I don't know. Uh, there's some truth to it. And of course, like, let's say you don't want to drink orange juice at night because it's so full of vitamin C. It's like lots of sugar. It'll keep you up. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, the bananas, um, lots of it's, it's really the mindful eating that I concentrate on. Um, and yeah, every food has its own, um, kind of feeling and it should be eaten at certain times. I think, um, we can't just eat. I mean, we can't eat at certain times of the day. Um, so we really have to be mindful of that. Mm -hmm. What does it look like if somebody maybe struggles with cooking? Like, where do you, do you take over completely for them or do you kind of like help them through? learning to cook? So of course I will, um, I'll have, if I take on a client, I actually provide three different cooking sessions with them. So I'll go over to their house and I'll go over their pantry and we'll kind of do a cleanup and we'll go shopping together. We'll pick certain things out together, um, to stock their pantry. Well, um, I'll, depending on their taste, I will cook one of their favorite meals in a healthy method and healthy mm -hmm. style so that they can kind of, uh, do it themselves. Um, but if somebody really isn't into cooking, which is a lot of my clients, they just don't have an interest for it or they're not good at it. They don't want to, they don't have time. Um, totally fine. The market right now is very, um, user-friendly. Um, I would suggest, you know, buying, um, ready-made proteins like whole chicken, um, fish that's already cooked, um, canned certain canned items that are really easily stockable in the pantry. Um, lots of greenery out of those bags, like those, like, you know, spinach, spinach bags. Um, and I would kind of base them off of like, like the certain fats and fibers and, you know, we can get into that, but um, what they need. Um, but it's really just about proper shopping. Like you can buy a roasted chicken, bring it home, put some greens together, get an avocado, uh, splash some citrus over it, use some healthy olive oil, use some good sea salt, and you have a beautifully perfect balanced meal and you didn't even cook it. You had no business cooking it. You just put it together. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so things like that, like little t- tips and tricks to kind of um, help you. Like the salad bar is a really, really good trick um, for somebody who is not a cook. You can go to the salad bar, like let's say at Whole Foods or something like that. And there's such a variety of already cut vegetables and fruits. You can kind of fill your fill your plate with a variety of them, bring it home and just have a little bit, a little bit of it at each meal. So that, that way you don't have to go buy a whole head of cabbage, a whole thing of radicchio or, you know, a whole head of broccoli. Like who needs a whole head of broccoli sometimes? <laughs> you just, you just want like a couple of florets, you know? So the salad bar is a really good tip and a trick for getting variety without buying all of that stuff. Yeah. That makes sense because I feel like salad I buy constantly and it goes bad in like a day. Yeah. Yeah. You don't feel like eating it one day or, you know, it just, it's like, Oh, it's just going to sit there. Sometimes you forget about it. It's like, I wasted that. So with that, is there certain things like you personally that you have as staples in your house? Yes. Yes, there are. Um, I always have uh, like um, like spinach or arugula, some kind of leafy green, always. I always have avocados, like good fat of some sort. I always have nuts. I always have cut fruit. I always have cut vegetables and some kind of a yummy dip. Mm. Um, whether I bought it or store-bought, there's so many great options out there that you can buy like yummy dips. Um, I always have like either lemons or limes to put in my water or put in my salads. Uh, let's see. I don't really have too much bread on hand, but, um, I do make my own sourdough. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Um, I love that. I just, I feel like if you make it yourself, it's, it's doing your body and your heart so good and that's okay to eat it it's okay to like it's okay to eat bread we we, we're so scared of it now you know it's like well make sure it's gluten-free or this or that I mean yeah it's you know we shouldn't be eating so much processed foods I totally agree but if you're having a sourdough that your girlfriend made or um you know like an heirloom version of an artisanal bread like that's okay sometimes you just just have to be happy and you know totally live live a little (laughs) eat the bread eat bread what is your approach to desserts um great so I think if the dessert makes you happy occasionally no problem eat it, go for it. It's, it's, it's worth more for your heart and your, and your mood to eat that dessert, go for it. But personally, I really like, um, fruit for dessert. Mm -hmm. I just kind of grew up eating that kind of style and that, in that way. So one of my go-to desserts is strawberries and whipped cream. I love it. Um, pineapple and whipped cream. Um, uh, any kind of berries and cream. It's just, it's, it's like my go-to for, for desserts. And it's, it's really light at the end of a meal. You don't want anything really heavy, or I really like sorbets for dessert. It's a really good palate cleanser and you don't feel heavy after eating it. Mm -hmm. 
So it's just more like a light approach. A light approach. Uh, and I tend to stick with fruit based items. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do you plan meals for a week? Like, let's say you're looking into next week. How do you figure that out? Yeah. Um, so I'll probably only cook twice a week for five days of food. I, I will probably cook, let's say a whole chicken on the, on Monday. Um, I'll buy some vegetables. I'll, I'll do like, um, like a lentil or a farro or a, or a buckwheat kind of grain option or, or even a quinoa. I'll kind of boil my quinoa, put it in a Tupperware. I'll bake my chicken and I'll put it in a Tupperware. I will cut up all my veggies, Tupperware them up. And then I'll make sure I have avocados and dressings and leafy greens. And I'll kind of eat that for two days. And then on Wednesday, I will probably buy a filet of salmon. And I'll cook that. And I'll have it over quinoa or broccoli on, on you know, Wednesday. And on Thursday, I'll make it into a salad. Um, just kind of utilizing protein in different ways, um, redirecting it to where it doesn't feel like I'm having the same meal over and over again, because that can get kind of boring. Mm-hmm. So eating it as a, as a, you know, just like an entree with broccoli and quinoa for one night and then making it into a salad or even making it into a wrap, um, kind of just changing it up a little bit, changing the venue. Mm-hmm. And, um uh, making it interesting with different flavor enhancers, like like uh, yummy dressings. I'm really into dressings and dips because those really change the flavor of things. I'm really into like salsa verdes and romescos and um, uh, gremoladas, things that are really high in flavor, but also really, really good for you. Like a romesco, for example, is is a Spanish um, plant-based dip and you can use it as a sauce. You can use it as a dip. You can use it as a topping for anything. And it's basically roasted red bell peppers, roasted almonds, olive oil, and vinegar. And that's it. You just blend it up and you have a delicious sauce for like two, three days. Yeah. Or something like a salsa verde where you take really fresh herbs, garlic and vinegar and lime and blitz it in a blender and you have a delicious, really pungent, fresh sauce for, for your fish, for your chicken, whatever, whatever protein you choose. So it doesn't have to be complicated. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, um, I mean, just look at, look at that Romesco. It's three ingredients. It's, it's not even five ingredients. It's just Mm -hmm. three. I think that's the thing though, is like so many people are intimidated by cooking because they're like, I don't know where to start. Or you get a recipe book and it's like the whole page is ingredients. And you're just like, Oh my God, this is so overwhelming. Yeah. Who wants to go buy 15 ingredients for one dish? Yeah. I I come, I come from a, from a background where, um, if it's, if it's complicated, I, I'm not doing it. It's just, I, I get frustrated and I can't keep up with it. So a lot of my recipes for my clients are five ingredients and less because that's, 
more manageable. It's easy. It's, it's just not overwhelming. It's not a daunting task to get five ingredients. I love that. I, yeah. yeah. I think that's super um, like encouraging to know that you can make really flavorful things that are also healthy very easily. Absolutely. And it's really just about um, knowing a couple of cooking techniques um, you can kind of uh, apply to different proteins, different vegetables, different grains, as long as you know the technique. Like, what do you think are like the top three techniques you should know how to do? So we should definitely know how to roast. Mm. Use the oven. I'm a big fan of the oven. I like the fact that I just kind of throw things in there and forget about it. I don't have to stand at a stove. Mm -hmm. Uh, The oven does the work for me. I'm really into the oven and roasting. Um, Of course, I really like grilling, but not a lot of people have grilling access. So it's like, oh, well, I don't know. Um, I, um, I re another techniques. I really, I'm into sauces. So the blender is a big deal. You can do soups in blenders. You could do dips, um, sauces. So uh, like the kind of mastering the blender is a big deal, uh, including Mm -hmm. smoothies. I mean, we can get a whole meal out of a smoothie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. Um, I, I love braising. I love braising because it's very healthy technique. There's not a lot of fat involved and, um, it's slow cooking, which is very warm and, um, comforting. And I mean, if you ask people what they, what their last meal would be, a lot of their answers would be something that their mom made. Usually it's some kind of like a hearty or a braised meat or something like that. So braising, I, I feel like is really, really great, delicious technique. Mm-hmm. Do you think um, like a Vitamix or like the really high-end kitchen appliances are necessary or like, are they worth the hype or not? No, they're not. I mean, I, I just happen to have a Vitamix because when I was first dating my husband, he, he thought it was going to be a really nice present for me just to impress me. He's like, why don't we go to William Sonoma today? And we went <laughs> in and I kind of just had my eye on the Vitamix. And he said, do you want that? I said, yeah, one day, one day I'll buy it. And I, he, he, he's like, why don't we just get it? And I was like, I don't know. It's too much. It's too much. I don't think he realized how, how expensive it was. They're expensive. <laughs> they, they they um calculated and they gave him the total and I think he just kind of looked at me was like oh my god did I pay just pay this much for a blender <laughs> and I was like well you're courting me so <laughs> <laughs> why not but um to be honest I don't even have a KitchenAid I, I don't have one I have like a $35 handheld mixer mm-hmm. um I I just believe in um, my knife, my, my, um, my blender and my oven. (laughs) I really don't think we need all those other gadgets. It's just not necessary. Okay. That's good to know. Waste of money, money, really. A good knife. A good knife, a good cutting board. Um, something that you want to look that's something that you want to look forward to working with. Mm. 
So, you know, spend a little extra money on a good cutting board and go for it. Spend the money on three knives. You don't need more than three knives in your arsenal. You need a chef's knife, you need a paring knife, and you need a serrated knife. That's it. That's the only three knives you will ever need in your life. Um, and uh, a couple of really good um, pots and pans. That's amazing. That makes it. Yeah, it's really not. Okay. I know that some of your clients, like you work with celebrity clients. I want to talk about this because I think people are really curious about how do you get in that network? How do you, people want to know how you have access because it seems so far away to a lot of people, like they're untouchable. So I'm really curious, like how that has worked out for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's really fun. So, um, a couple of different ways of getting in touch with these kinds of, um, clients. Um, one is I used to work with an agency, a very high end concierge service that would, um, set you up with private, um, private work with high net clientele. And I mean, um, the agent kind of, you know, they first, they would interview you, you would have background checks and kind of go through a very vigorous interview process, um, references and all that to kind of make sure that you are who you say you are and you're, you're good at what you do. Um, and then another way, uh, so one is through an agency. Um, and then another way is really just, um, word of mouth. Um, these people who are at these kinds of levels, when they work with somebody that they like, they tend to kind of tell their friends about them. Mm -hmm. So they, they let their friends know. And, you know, all of a sudden you have three celebrity clients that happen to be friends. So, you know, it's just, but I also lived, happened to live in New York and Los Angeles, where those are two really big hubs where these kinds of people usually live. I mean, uh, celebrities usually live. Um, so I got, I've gotten lucky and I've gotten lucky with kind of, um, maintaining relationships with them throughout the years. Um, cause when, I mean, working with these kinds of people, a lot of times it's about trust and, and discretion and, you know, not, not telling anybody who you're working for. I wish I could just tell everybody my, my clients' names and kind of guess who I'm cooking for tonight or guess who guess who ate my food last night. It's it's really exciting, but mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately they're they they're paying for the anonymity. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. That's totally understandable. Yeah. Do they have similar needs as like your clients who are not famous? Like are they looking for similar things? They no, they don't. I've had clients, for example, I had this one gentleman, he happened to be a billionaire and he, he was Italian and he loved very, very homey food. Mm -hmm. And he, um, he wanted a table full every night, but he wanted strictly Italian. Uh, and he didn't care about fat content or, um, cooking techniques. He just wanted to taste good. Um, so, you know, that was that guy. And then I had another woman that I've, I'm actually recently worked with. She 
she had, you know, very, very interesting restrictions. No gluten, no dairy, no processed foods, no shellfish, no beef, no chicken. So it's, it's very, um, it was very restricted. But for me, I actually prefer that because it challenges me mm. to kind of come up with interesting meals, working with their dietary restrictions at the same time, making it taste good. So mm-hmm. it's, I love that challenge. Yeah. Have you ever had a client and it doesn't have to be like celebrity, but anyone who you're like, I cannot work for you. Like, do you have horror stories at all? Um, yes. A lot. Sometimes the difficult part of working for somebody who is on that kind of level is they expect magic. They expect to have, um, for example, there's this one client I had. Yeah. Okay. This one was interesting. Um, he would come home at seven o'clock and he would call me at six forty-five and say that he wanted a um, tomahawk steak ready at seven thirty. Now there's physically no way I could have made that happen because I have to go to the market. I have to see if they even have a tomahawk. Then I have to bring it home. Then I have to uh, sear it. I have to cook it. I have to rest it. Um, so 45 minutes for a tomahawk steak is, is physically impossible. And I, I would get requests like that a lot from this person and wanting barbecues, um, braised meats in a matter of like, like in in a half an hour, it was just, you know, it's just, it's not going to happen. And I don't know why you're even asking me that, you know, I can't make that happen. I mean, I'm good, but I'm not that good. (laughs) (laughs) I just, there's no way anybody can pull that off. So I think it was, um, I don't know. How do you handle that then? Are you just like, I'm sorry, or like you can have it at 10 p.m., not 7.30? Yeah, I would just very, very, very nicely um, say something like, oh, okay, you know, no problem. Um, let me call and check if they have a tomahawk. What is your, um, what can I offer you instead if if I cannot get the tomahawk? Um, how about I have ready for you a filet by eight o'clock um, with, let's say, some of your favorite side dishes. So kind of like shift it, shift it a little bit to mm-hmm. where they're not getting zero, they're getting something, but also kind of a little more doable and manageable. Um, you know, you never want to say, I can't do that. Sorry. Bye. Mm-hmm. You, you always have to have something to present or something to offer or um, explain yourself in a, in, a, in a manner where they empathize and they say, okay, I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, she, can't, she can't do that. Or um, she's offering me something else at least. So yeah. kind of try to make them happy in, in, in any way. Yeah, you got to be like quick on your feet and creative. Something, just uh, as long as you offer them something. That yeah. way they they have a choice. Yeah. So either this or mm, or you got to wait. Mhm. Yeah. So for your clients that you are cooking for, 
how much input do you have on the meals versus what they have? Um, I've actually gotten really great clients because they, once I know their likes and dislikes and preferences, then I, then they kind of let me do what I need to do Mm -hmm. Um, based on like their, their, their base. I can, I can kind of go wild and create um, the way I like to cook is different um, cuisines every night. So they'll, you know, they'll go to Thai, they'll be, we'll do Thai one night, we'll do Italian another night, we'll do Jamaican another night, mm. um, kind of keep it interesting so that they have something interesting, something cool to look forward to every day. Um, they've given me kind of um, a, um, like a free range of Manifa, go for it, just make it taste good. And, you know, I'll eat it. So I've gotten lucky. Yeah, that's cool. The other day you and I talked off air about how you believe smoothies are like one of the best things you can make. Can you explain why and like your approach to creating a smoothie? Yeah, I think smoothies are great because number one, they're quick. They're delicious. They're easy to transport. And you can pretty much get all of your nutrients out of a properly constructed smoothie. So four things you need in a smoothie. And people kind of, people just think if you throw a whole bunch of fruit into a blender, that's a proper smoothie, but it's really not. There, um, a lot of times people will drink a smoothie and then a half hour later, they're hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, this is that, that the reason why that, happens is because they didn't put the things that they needed to put in that smoothie to create a full belly for let's say two or even three hours. So one of the things you need is protein in your smoothie. So that can come from, usually it comes from like a protein powder or collagen powder, um, you know, or it it can be plant-based, animal-based, whatever you choose, whatever works for your body, whatever you like. Um, a second thing that needs to be in your smoothie is some kind of a fat. So it can either be like a coconut oil, it can be nuts, it can be um, an avocado. So something that's going to create satiety to keep your belly full. Um, you need fiber. A lot of people are not getting their fiber. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to get your fiber, um, but not in a smoothie. So you can throw chia seeds, flax seeds um, into your smoothie. And the last thing you need is some kind of flour. So when I say flour, I don't literally mean flour. What I mean is something fresh and green. Mm. So like a handful of spinach. Um, or a handful of kale or collard greens or cauliflower, something fresh and green that's going to give you the antioxidants and vitamins and uh, plant-based animals and minerals and phytonutrients. Um, And then, you know, lastly, you need some kind of liquid. So, you know, whatever you like, you want water, you want nut milk, whatever you like. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, that's it. So four things, fat, fiber, flowers, protein. And if you really, and if you have a properly made smoothie, 
it will, it will last you at least two hours, three hours, because that fat, that fat is very, very important. And I'm not talking like a teaspoon of it. I'm talking like a nice two tablespoons of something fatty that's going to really like, um, make you full. So like, for example, a, a recipe that I love is, um, it's a green smoothie, one scoop of protein powder, half an avocado, a handful of spinach, two Brazil nuts, one tablespoon of flax seeds, and a cup of almond milk. And sometimes I'll throw in a date just because I want a little bit of sweetness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I blend that up and it's just, it's so delicious. And I'll stay full for like two hours. So easy. I love avocado and smoothies. It makes it so creamy. So creamy. So creamy and a beautiful color and the texture is nice. It, it just blends very well. A smoothie is a good staple. You said salad is a good staple. What's like one other meal that people could put together really quickly as like a go-to if, if cooking is new to them? Rice and beans. Rice and beans. Because why? And you probably know this because you went vegan. You get all of your essential amino acids through the combination. Now you have to have the combination of the Mm -hmm. rice and beans. Um, And it's easy. You can get the rice out of a bag and you can get the beans out of a can. Um, And this is super basic. It's, it's cost effective, very easy. Um, Good for somebody who is on a budget, good for someone who's, who's um, working out and wants to eat clean. And uh, it tastes really good. Rice and beans. I mean, delicious. I eat it for lunch all the time. I'll throw like salsa in it. Yeah. Throw some hot sauce on it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's a beautiful meal. Yeah. Okay. And then is there anything that you stay away from? Like you're like, I'm not going to touch this type of food. Um, yeah, I would say anything to do with trans fat, Mm. Uh, fried foods are really, I know they're so good, (laughs) but they're so delicious, but they're so bad for you. Um, processed foods, anything out of a bag, um, usually is processed. So it's not good for us. I know they say, you know, stay on the perimeter of a grocery store and you'll, you'll be fine. Yes, that's true. You know, I mean, anything in the center aisles are usually packaged, processed and shelf stable. Shelf stable basically means preservatives. So it's, you kind of want to stay away from that. So I would say trans fats and processed foods. Okay. How do you feel about like frozen vegetables and fruits? Oh, I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Um, Frozen fruits are really great because they're picked at height of season. So they're, so they're, they taste really delicious. They taste really good. So I'm a, I constantly I'm buying whole fresh strawberries frozen. Um, and I will slowly defrost them and put a scoop of, you know, coconut yogurt on top and shave some dark chocolate on it. And that's a beautiful dessert for when I'm craving something sweet. Um, so I, I love, a, I love like frozen peas, frozen corn, frozen 
okra, you can't buy okra all year round. So, you know, frozen, frozen veg, I'm totally down with. I like it. I like it. Perfect. And convenient. It's so convenient and easy, you know? Yeah. I have fruit and vegetables in my, like I always have frozen peas or frozen broccoli or something. Yeah. 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 Really easy. If you have um, a properly stocked freezer, you can make a meal in minutes. Mm. You really can. Amazing. Hmm? Okay. Where can everybody find you? Um, a really easy way is just through in- Instagram. Um, I'm at Ask Manifa. So A-S-K-M-A-N-I-F as in Frank A. Yeah, really easy. And I'm, and I'm happy to answer any questions. You can direct message me. Um, I'm, I love it. I love it all. So I'd love to talk to anybody. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. You're welcome. It was my pleasure.